So I was talking to Prague when we were recording a podcast last week about this particular film, so Coming to America. And we were having a conversation about who picked it. And Prague said, oh, it must have been Evan. But I think it was me that picked it, but with you in mind. Because oh, we, had to do, we had to pick some Christmas films. Um, and I thought, actually, I know Ev loves this film. And that's why I put it on the list. But no doubt at some point in the past, when we all asked for our recommendations on what to do, you probably would have said it anyway, Ev. Yeah, well, this isn't a Christmas film, though. Well, that was going to be my my question to you both. Is this a Christmas film? Because <laughs> I don't think it is, even though I picked it as a Christmas film. No, were oh, you getting no. this confused with Trading Places? Maybe, maybe. So, hey, it's got um, it's got two characters from Trading Places in it. Yeah, Don Amici and Ralph Bellamy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the the gay lovers. No, the brothers. Wow. Gay, gay lovers. Gay brothers. <laughs> right, come on in, Ev. What's your memories of this? Um, Again, this was this was one of my grandma's, um, you know, le- plastic brown leather vi- video library uh, movies actually taped off um, off BBC. Um, and I probably watched it when I was about, I want to say 12, 12, 13, something like that. Um. Yeah, and I, 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 I love this film. It's just really, it's just really funny. Um, more of which I'll get onto and get onto in a bit. But it's um, I think it's one of Eddie Murphy's best best films. I think. Can I ask a question? The version that you saw that was taped off television, hmm. did it have the opening scene with the boobies? Um. No, I don't think so. So the reason I ask is because I watched this when I was younger and I probably watched it, I reckon, nine or ten. And it wasn't until I was in my mid-teens that I actually saw a version then that had the the boobies at the beginning. So you didn't get the penis washing scene? We had that scene. Because they're naked standing next to him with the boobs out. Oh, yeah, no, I've seen that one, yeah. The royal penis is clean, your highness. Yeah, maybe, yeah. I, maybe I didn't then, but I definitely saw a version that didn't have boobs in it, on um, unless they edited it in such a way that yeah. they it was able to flow without the boobs. Did they use? Did I? I'm trying to think now. Did ITV or one of the channels used to blur nudity? I don't think so. I think they, they just used to cut they? it out. Yeah. I was like pixel, pixelated boobs. Because I always remember Basic Instinct coming on TV, and everyone's like, "Boys, Basic Instinct's on tonight. You got to watch it." And then, of course, they were very clever with their editing techniques. You hardly saw anything. You probably saw. Well, and also, you saw Sharon Stone's bum, and also Michael Michael Douglas's bum. But you also saw like the most grainiest shot of things because <laughs> it was VHS and quality was shit anyway. <laughs> so um, yeah, so that's my memory of it. I, I I definitely saw it. I enjoyed it when I was a kid, um, and a teenager. But um, yeah, didn't see the boobs until much later. Oh, but that was a nice surprise for you. Yeah, it was like, whoa, where'd that come from? <laughs> How many times have I seen this film? What were you, bro? Eighties boob, boobs, never. Yeah, yeah. All I needed was a bit of saxophone in the background. It would be <laughs> I have absolutely no memory of watching this for the first time, but I remember watching it, and I have watched it a lot. 
over the years. In fact, I almost didn't re-watch it for this podcast because I already knew the film. Because I watched it about six or seven months ago. Um, but I, I did. I watched it again today. You so. watched it when it wasn't Christmas, you fool. <laughs> <laughs> I, t- I tell you the one bit um, that I hadn't picked up on before. Do you know um, at the very beginning, you got, you've got the, um, the the bathing scene, but the scene just before that where it's going to the palace and you see the people walking outside, but the palace is, is like hand-drawn. Yeah, like... they've got the front yeah. of the actual pa- of an actual <laughs> sort of stage, haven't they? Yeah. And then everything is drawn behind you. It, but... is, it is so poorly like drawn in the sense of you can te- you can tell it's it's a painting, but I think it's like so far gone. No one really cares. Yeah, I was going to say I don't think it, I, that's what I was going to say. I I don't think anyone really cares at that point. No, <laughs> I love that opening as well with the lady. Oh, what's the band? Sorry. Oh, is it Lady Smith Mambozo or whatever it's called? Is it them? That's it, yeah. They're not called that, but it's, it's close. Well, Lady Smith Black Mambozo. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I love that uh, cover of In the Jungle they sing. I always remember that when I watch the film. Always remember that start, that, that intro. Um, what, what did they do quite famous in the 90s? They do the Rugby World Cup. Yeah, well, they had the, they had the, that massive album, didn't they? And I think it was off the back of the Rugby World Cup in South Africa. The, the, but they, they also had, they, they also got them. they also got well known off the back of Paul Simon's Graceland in 1985. Yeah, there was one specific song that they sang in the 90s, and it charted, and it was probably on like now 26 or something. <laughs> It'll bug me. I used to love the No albums. I'm, I'm just, I'm just looking at the 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 Lady Smith uh, Black Mambazo song, and um, it was produced by Nile Rogers. Which what was the song? Uh, it's called um um Boobie, um with Wimoe in in brackets. Uh, they also did Swing Low Sweet Chariot. I wonder if that was in in. 95. Oh my god! I did not know this. Lady. Lady Smith Black Mombazo duetted with Bewitched. Oh. <laughs> what, what, what did they sing? <laughs> it was a song called I Shall Be There and it hit number 13 in the UK singles chart. 13? I did not know that. I used to love a bit of Bewitched back in the day. Oh, the Lady Smith Blackman bars. The song was "World in Union." They did a cover of "World in Union." Oh, was that for the was that for the South Africa World Cup? Yeah, it was yeah, for the '95 yeah. World Cup. Yeah, that's yeah, how they that's how they became big again. Um. Yeah. So I don't know what we were talking about. Totally off on our tra- tangent. <laughs> Back to coming to America, is it? Yeah. yeah so, so, so I quite like that opening. Yeah, the opening scene. But I um it totally passed me by, I think, when I was a kid. Maybe I just didn't see the beginning. I say this about loads of films, don't I? I ended up watching them on TV, probably five minutes in, film's already started, and I'm I'm pressing record. You you said that about commandos all the day with Bill yeah. Duke on the uh, on the bins. Well, there's there's loads of films, mate, that I seem to have missed the first like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Are you the type of 
Are you the type of person who just rolls up in the cinema and goes, "What's this?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It wasn't until we did this podcast that I started like watching films and seeing like opening scenes I'd never seen before. <laughs> yeah, the, the commando one is the is the bit with the bin the bin men. Yeah, didn't see that the until about like I was is like twenty five. No, it's it's Matrix's old team. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that's why um, Bennett um, supposedly gets killed off. He goes on, he goes on a boat, it sails off, and then it blows up. Yeah. So, um, right. What have we got? Favorite aspects. Ev, you start. <sighs> the barbershop quartet. On on honestly, every every scene with them in is pure gold. You could just you you could. You could just make a if you made if made like a I don't know like a 10, 15 minute you know snippet of of all of their parts. I'd I'd pay good money to see that every day. Hilarious, all of them. The opening scene with them has a young um, what's his name? Cuba Gooden Junior. Yeah, Cuba Junior. Yeah. yeah. Who? <laughs> I love the fact that Eddie Murphy's character. Which one is he? He's so no, he's not Saul. Clarence, he's Clarence in that. Okay, yeah, but he's he's snipping the hair, but he's just snipping <laughs> around the head. Yeah, he's, he's just doing the hair like that one. <laughs> and Cuba Gooden Jr. is just sat there, just like Ari gurning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> John Lewis is great fat, I believe. What about Rocky Marciano? <laughs> this was the first film that he played multiple characters, wasn't it? Is it? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it was. I know he done he done it in like Nutty Professor and yeah, um, I don't know what else he done, but I think this was this was definitely the first one he did it in. I wonder if he gets paid per character. No, you just get you get a fee, you just get a fee for starring in the film. Yeah, yeah. The senior that... Hall plays like four characters in this film as well. He does. He played um semi. Um, the the other guy, the the guy who's always eaten in the other in the other barber chair. Uh, is, is he white? That guy? No, no. You're no. thinking of Saul, and Eddie Murphy plays Saul. Yeah. Is he re- uh, right? Yeah. So the reason I question that is, I was watching it this time round. I was just like, he's got prosthetics on there. Surely that's not his real yeah. face. And you, you know, but like, I never realized it was someone who was actually black who plays him. He yeah. plays like a Jewish guy, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's called Saul. Yeah. 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 And he doesn't do anything. He just sits in the barbershop with those three guys. <laughs> <laughs> he beat Joe Lewis's ass. <laughs> uh, also, um, another favorite aspect: Oha, the um, oh, is he like the pa- the page guy to to uh, Prince Akeem? Is he, oh, the, is he the yeah. guy who sings She's Your Queen? She's your queen. I can't do that high. I can't do that high. <laughs> oh, edit that out. You have to edit that out. You're keeping that in. That's oh, the first God. time I think I've ever seen Evan sing. Yeah. Um... <laughs> A vision of perfection. Oh, it, I love it. broke him going that high then. <laughs> wow. Um, I'll say it now, but uh, I've got sorry, that as, as an honourable mention as one of my favourite scenes. And it's not so much the scene, it's just that bit where yeah. you get all this, like, serious dancing and African sort of, like, tribes people, like, type dancing. And then it's, it kicks to him. And then, he, yeah, he, 
he does he does what he does brilliant I love Oha's face when he finishes singing I was going to say that yeah he's just he like belts, he belts out that high note and then he just his face comes back to Syria straight away and yeah. it goes on for bloody ages as well yeah fair play true <laughs> that's a really good sequence that is with the um the like tribal dancing and mm. introduction of the supposed queen to be yeah where you get the um the sort of the false um or oh, i you know you think it's that going to be that fat woman you know coming through yeah, yeah. Um... <laughs> excuse me after the way <laughs> I don't know what that accent was. Eh? I, I didn't. I don't know that either. <laughs> to be honest, I should shut up now. I just. I. I, I, I you, just after, murdered, after listen... you murdered a song. You murdered an accent. I I, I'm. I'm just digging myself deeper here. I just. Oh, I. Could, I can't get. I can't get any words. The only accent you've been able to do is a really good Geordie accent, Deb. People Sometimes don't know I... that when you're not recording that you are thoroughbred North Walian. <laughs> I can't even do North Wales accent. Flynn <laughs> from Big Brother. Um, I got a favourite aspect, but it's not so much a favourite aspect of the film, but something I'd always wanted. Do you know how he wakes up? He's got the band, who's the alarm clock, isn't it? Oh yeah. And I always used to joke to Rach that we should get an alarm clock that instead of going beep 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 beep, that it does do 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 do. <laughs> so I could wake up like this. <laughs> but um, yeah. I you know, you... Why do alarm clocks always sound so fucking horrible? Oh, well, you can use your phone. I know. I, you... I I didn't even. I was just thinking that as as I was doing it. But uh, yeah. Get a Spotify account. You can just wake up to whatever song you want. You want to come on. <laughs> That's true. Uh, all right. Any other favorite aspects? The cast. Cast is good. Yeah, I think all of them are good. I, yeah. I honestly can't pick someone who I thought, nah, not too fast or keen on that. But but even even like the bit part people, like um, like the landlord guy, Frankie Frankie Faison. Um, yeah, yeah, he he's really good, isn't he? Um, who's the guy? My in... apartment. It's a real piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Damn shame what they did to that dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when he's talking to the fucking guy who falls down the stairs. <laughs> you better not be pretending to be drunk again. Yeah. <laughs> um, rent's too sucker. I, I tell you, what I like in this film as well is um, John Amos. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he's he's, he's, oh yeah. yeah. Um, what's he been in? Because he's got one of those faces, isn't he? That I, so, as soon as you say it, I'll know other things. Hold on, let's let's uh, let's go on IMDb. Also, Ramos has been in loads. He's been in Die Hard too. I, I, right. Personally, I know John Amos from The West Wing because he was in quite a few episodes of The West Wing. Me and Prague were in a in school with a guy called John Amos. It definitely isn't that the same guy though. No. And do you know John Amos is in Lockup? Yeah, yeah. I, I was just, I've got a year in front of me as well. I wonder if I know him from that. Oh, he was in loads. Of, he's in loads of like TV shows. Um, the Outer Limits. He was in King of the Hill. Oh, Fresh Prince. He was in that. Ah, oh, he, he played Will's dad, did he? No, no. he didn't. No. no. Yeah, Die Hard Two. Lock up. Oh, um, I, I tell you what. There's an episode of just if we if we ever did just one episode 
of a TV series on this podcast. Do the episode where Will's dad Jesus. comes back into his life. Oh, yeah. And then he sort of he scarpers, and there, there's um I think there's a speech by Uncle Phil at the end of it. Oh my word! Tugs no, at the Will, Will Smith, Will Smith speech. It's Will is it? Yeah. Ah, re- really, really good. That I remember watching that for the first time, and when I was younger, I remember thinking, "Fuck me, Will Smith is actually a really good actor, isn't he?" You can you can hear if you if you watch that um watch that clip on t- on like YouTube or whatever, some of the some of the other cast are watching in the background and and you can hear them crying. Yeah, that is, that's one of the most affecting moments in TV for me. That is, it's a, it's a cracking scene. Really, really good. Ah, uh, Uncle Phil, he was a great character. Eh? Great Everyone actor. needs an Uncle Phil. Yeah, great actor as well. Really good actor. Um, yeah, I um, I've had a look at his John Amos's um, filmography. There, there's there's not much else I can I know him from. Murder She Wrote. <laughs> yeah, but what's the chance I actually saw that one episode of Murder She Wrote? He, he was in. <laughs> oh, and he, and he was in the Cosby Show. I'm trying mm-hmm. to picture who he was in Die Hard Two. Grant, no idea. I'm pretty sure he's one of the police. Officers or like FBI guys, when he, I think I can't remember. I haven't seen that for ages. All right, who else have we got in this film? Well, James Earl Jones, he's brilliant, isn't it? Vondy uh, Vondy Curtis Hall. Oh, it's the he's the um, he's the guy of the basketball game. Oh my god, it is you, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he's got um, he's got really distinctive like face, hasn't he? I think yeah, like, again, another loads, actor. He's been in loads of stuff. I was just like, where do I know him from? And for a moment, I almost thought it was the guy from Die Hard, um, who plays. But it's not him. It's the guy who's in Die Hard and is in Top Gun. But he died actually today. Did he? Yeah, I can't. Oh. I can't remember his name. But um, anyway, it's not him. Yeah, Theo. Theo's name is it? Theo. Um, yeah, from Die Hard. Die Hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. He died today or yesterday. And Samuel what? Jackson, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Samuel Jackson, Eric Eric Lasalle, him, oh. of, him of ER fame. Oh, the guy who Soul played... Glow. Yeah, Daryl. Yeah. That's one of my favorite aspects of the film. <laughs> just let your soul glow. I say we just sing, sing for an hour. Oh, just I, I fucking love it. So. Through. <laughs> Can't Eric, do the high notes. Eric Lasalle, is it? Is what was it? It was just yeah. water in a bottle, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> just water in a spray bottle. <laughs> what I loved about that, you know that bottle Eric Lasalle had in his car when he sprays it as he's about to go into McDowell's, he sprays the bottle, he turns the bottle over, and it's a it's an afro comb. So he just pumps up his that. Oh, it's, oh. It's, a, it's a jerry curl comb, and he just pumps up his jerry curls a little bit. Yeah, I'm sure it was a comb on the bottom of a of a bottle. It was great. He's um he's not the same guy who's in the actual advert, though, is he? They're two oh. different actors. Yeah. There, there is. I'm, I'm just looking at your recognition skills. We have oh. You're having a maybe. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just I'm just looking at the uh, looking at the full cast, the people who are who are uncredited. You've got. Um, some good, some like famous, famous sort of directors here. You've got Toby Hooper. He of um, 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. He's in the film. Yeah, he's um party he guest number two. Part, yeah, party guest uncredited. F. Gary Gray, who um who directed uh The Negotiator and um oh, Law Biden Citizen on Friday. Bad yeah. Yeah. Niall Rogers is is at the basketball game. He is he just in the crowd, is he? Yeah. Yeah, there's quite a few, quite a few, yeah. And also, the big thing that I only found out yesterday, James Earl Jones plays the king. The, the um, Who plays the, the mum, or the, the queen? Uh, Madge Mad Sinclair. Yeah. And they're, they're the king and queen in Lion King. Are they? Yeah, they do the voice to the king and queen in Lion King. I didn't, oh, yeah. I didn't know Madge Sinclair did the queen no. voice in Lion King. I didn't know yeah. that. Well, supposedly. Oh. That's what the yeah. internet told me last night. I wouldn't mind betting Disney saw them both together in this film and thought, oh, let's get him to do the, the Lion mm. King, King and Queen as well. How does... I'm going to keep chirping on about it. How does James Earl Jones give birth to Matthew Broderick? <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that then. <laughs> make, it, make it make sense, boys. <laughs> Make it make any, sense for me. Maybe Eddie Murphy was unavailable that day. So I just thought, oh, who can we get in? Matt, come on. What, Denzel was busy, was he? <laughs> I, w- I would have taken Chris Tucker. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I, for some reason, I have this, I was going to say, a love-hate relationship with t- Chris Tucker. I tell you what would have been it's a good voice as, uh, as Simba in The Lion King. Our senior hall. Mm. Is he still alive? Our senior hall, yeah. yeah. I only asked yeah. that because I just haven't seen him in anything. Well, he was in Coming to America, the sequel, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah I, I still haven't I, seen I, that. I still haven't seen it either. Have you seen it yet, Dev? Yeah, it's not It's not good. Oh, it's a shame. What, what's the, the... Tracy Morgan, his son. Yes, I think so. Oh, there's another one I hate. I like Tracy Morgan in 30 Rock. He's good in that show. Does he is he like that in real life? Because all I ever see is him playing that type of character. No, that is him. Pretty much that is him. Unless it's a persona he puts on in interviews as well. I don't know, but I think for the most part he is it is him. So the guy who plays Daryl, the soul glow sort of owner or or the son yeah. of the soul glow inventor. What else has he been in? Because he's another like familiar face, apart from looking like um R- Lionel Richie. What what, what what else has he been in? He was in um he was in the TV series ER. Yeah. Oh, he was um, yes. he was Dr. one of the Peter... staples wasn't he? Yeah Dr. Peter Benton. That series is immense if you haven't seen that Peter right. Benton. Peter Benton. Right. Do I remember ER coming on for the very first series? And I remember the end of that series, there was that massive uh, would they, wouldn't they with George Clooney and. um... No, 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 no. There was a would they, wouldn't they with them too. But the the better one was with Anthony Edwards' character and the blonde woman. That wasn't in that wasn't in the first series, though. I think that was sort of later on because they they always. They were best friends, and they, like he, he always had a thing for her. But I think she, she, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm, it's in my mind about season three or four that she goes. She leaves on a train and he chases yeah. after. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so he wasn't the first. I because I obviously I, I haven't seen it for years now, but I always remember it no. being the series. Right. Okay. The, fir- the first season ended with um, Juliana Margulies's character. She takes an overdose. Ah. Uh, and um, yeah. Th- oh. Is that is that the way it ends or the way it starts? I thought about it anyway. Nothing is. In fairness, for the first few seasons, that was a really good show. It's brilliant. It's really good. Even even like the even the later series was really good. Yeah, it, but it lost its appeal because it just went on too long, didn't it? It's like this. It's always the same thing. If something goes on yeah. too long, you just lose your interest. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Like his Especially- podcast. I always, yeah, I always, say, I always say it with American shows as well, because most of the time with the series, there's always like twenty to twenty-four episodes. It's almost, it, it almost gets to be a bit of a slog by the end. Yeah. Lost was like that. Oh, and they but... just ran, they they just like went, it, they ran out of ideas by the end. But I think it's it, it, that show could have been so so much better. I remember Lost, the first two seasons of Lost. I remember thinking, this is incredible. Yeah. This I remember thinking, what is going on in this show? But wanting to find out. Mm-hmm. And then something happened in series three. And I was like, I'm out. I am fucking out of this. This is <laughs> this is stupid. And I'm yeah. glad I didn't keep going because apparently it just got worse and worse. Oh, and they shit. go back in time or something. No, it was it was it was basically the end of the series was like purgatory. So that so they they had to they had to resolve some things before they before they could pass on to heaven. Yeah. But they that's... but I always remember it was it was the same night that both Lost and Ashes to Ashes. Do you remember that? With, but I love um, that. Yeah, I found Mars both, and Ashes to Ashes amazing. Yeah. But Ashes to Ashes and and Lost, spoilers for everyone anyone who's who's listening, they have the same ending because obviously the all the characters are are in purgatory and they have to resolve things before they pass on and blah blah blah. Ashes to Ashes did it so much better than Lost. Yeah. It was. Chalk and cheese. It was... I've I've watched Life on Mars a few times over the last yeah. like ten years. That is a great show. That is a great show. Ashes yeah. to Ashes was a really good follow up as well. They did well with that. Gene yeah. Hunter. Yeah. Did you ever watch the American version? No. 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 Why would I want to watch the American version? Why not? I've already, already seen the British version, and in fairness, British TV shows, I think, for the most part, are as good as the American ones when we do it properly. Hmm. And I, I always find as well, right? Now, obviously, there's going to be some instances where this isn't true, but I always find as well, if Amer- if a show's done so well over here and it's that good, and America want to buy it. They very rarely do it better than we've done it, so I don't bother watching their version. I'm trying, the, to, think, the, I'm trying to think now of a version that they would have done better than the, the Office. Other. I I I personally prefer the UK and um, the US version to the UK yeah. version. That's the what that's the one I was thinking of, and why I didn't go all in on their versions and yeah. nowhere near as good. That the Office is better, the American one. But again, I come back to. They slogged it to death. Well, yeah, there's far, far too many sort of yeah. series on that. I, I just now, I'm, I've seen a few episodes of The Office, right? But I just end up watching clips of it on YouTube. 
the best of yeah. Dwight or something like that. Oh, the best of Dwight and Jim. Brilliant. Michael. <laughs> and I, I say it, I've said it so many times, and I'll say it again. I absolutely adore the Asian gym scene. Have you seen that one? Where <laughs> yeah, no. the Jim and Pam get um a friend of theirs who's Asian to go into the office and pretend to be Jim. And yeah. it, and Dwight can't get his head around it. He's like, <laughs> you're not Jim. And he was like, well done you for not um, recognising race or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Have a look at it on um, YouTube. Brilliant. I had a massive crush on Jennifer Fisher when that was on. Oh, my God. And then she turned up in one of my favourite comedies ever, Dewey Cox. I've never seen it. Walk Hard, the Dewey uh... Cox story. She's she, she was, she's the epitome of the girl next door, Jenna Fisher. I was going to say, she's not like st- stunning in the sense of like, you know, like a, a model, but she's oh. she's very, uh, very attractive, yeah. I think. Yeah. Not pretty. She's in Blades of Glory as well with um, Will Ferrell and yes. uh, John, John Hader. She is, yeah. yeah. Right. Come on, Ed. Really? Favorite favorite scene. What have people got? I've mentioned one of mine already, and that's the um. She she is your queen. I I'm gonna say this now, right? I haven't exactly got a favorite scene because when I when I think a comedy is very good, it's more about moments and lines that I pick up on. So what had me laughing a lot this time was, do you know when he's kissed Lisa and he's coming back to the apartment, and he's singing. Is this love? He's singing the song, and the the neighbourhood are like, "Shut the fuck up!" Yeah. <laughs> Just shouting at him, and he keeps on singing. Someone to miss, someone to kiss. The other one that's very similar to that is right at the beginning of the film when he first goes to New York, and it's now turned into a bit of a meme, isn't it? Where yeah. he's like, um, "Good morning, good, good morning, my neighbours." Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> but I'm oh, with you yes, on this, Prague. you too. <laughs> yeah, I, Prague, I'm with you on this. It's not so much scenes, it's, it's just little moments. And I can only talk about the ones that I sort of laughed out loud at this time around. The She is your queen to be or whatever, that bit. Yeah. And um, the other one where Sammy opens the door and it's the king standing there in New York. And he yes. just, just screams in his face. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> closes the door. And I love the bit in that scene as well, where the king is like remonstrating with him about what he's done. And he goes to punish him. He's like, you will be returned to our king's suite at the Waldorf and you will be ba- bathed severely or like whatever, whatever it is. And the girls look at him and he just goes, and he's just grinning, smiling. And then he's like, remember, he's like, I'll take the grin off his face. I love the fact he's at one point in the film, he's just like, we haven't had sex for like however long. Yeah, I struggled this time watching it. I struggled with the first 10 minutes before they get to America just because I think I had seen it so many times and I was just like, Yeah, yeah, I gotta get, I want to get past this now. Yeah. But once they got into this time watching it, once they got into America, I had a smile on my face all the way through. Yeah, it's um, yeah, I think the. Obviously, anything to do with a barbershop, I think it's just it's it's just comedy gold, especially yeah, yeah. especially just like just how they're arguing amongst amongst themselves, and in like it's it is just like just like that close knit group of of like of old old friends, and like you know when 
when people get old, like they, they always argue with like with the people they're closest to and stuff like that. And he's like, you know, how he's arguing about how Joe Lewis is 175 years old and how you know he he, he met Martin Luther King. You did meet Martin Luther King. Yeah, um, you never met the king. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I gotta I gotta give a special mention to sexual chocolate. Yes. Yeah. Um, I love the I love the way that they played into the Yeah. <laughs> Because like one know. or two people clapping. Yeah. Well, one of the one of the four barbershop when he goes, God damn, that boy's good. <laughs> yeah. Good and terrible. <laughs> I've forgotten all about that scene. Um oh, wow. yeah, when they came on. And he's, yeah, that one guy who's like, yeah, swooning over them, it, it makes the scene for me. Yeah. Mm. For like when, when even when Sweet, the when, um... sweets his name is. Sweets. Where, like Reverend, Reverend Brown, where like where where like obviously they've had like the the beauty pageant or whatever beforehand, and he's like, oh, there's a god somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said, I'm not gonna, I wasn't gonna do a sermon, but ladies, turn around. There is a god somewhere. <laughs> oh, just great, man. I know. Right, any more favourite scenes before we move on to changes? I don't know. I think you can tell how good this film is as a comedy because I could honestly spend another 20 minutes just making bones yeah. out of some of the stuff. So, But I'm happy to carry on if you want to. But it, I think it's that, that's like a common theme of like John Landis films because obviously he directed this. But like if you if you think about this, Trading Places, The Blues Brothers, as like the, as the three, three off the top of my head, you could quote loads of things from those three films, loads, you know. And, and, and I don't know if it did. Did he did he write all of them as well, or did, or did he just direct them? Think, or I don't think he wrote this one, did he? We, I'm I'm hoping we do it one day, right? But I remember specifically the first time I watched the Blues Brothers, and it was on TV. I think it was on like Channel Four or whatever. It was on like a Sunday night, and I remember going to school the next day, and talking to our group of friends. And literally, like talk, you know, talking about each scene that I remembered for for like an mm. hour. I I it. That I wasn't with me, but I think it was. I think it was with our mate Lee, like because I think he watched it as well. And, Lee, and, <laughs> Lee, <laughs> pie to our close friends. Yeah. Um, but I I think one of us recorded it and we watched it again, and it was mm. yeah. I, I I loved that film so much that I ended up buying the soundtrack not for not long after. Were you not a fan, Brog? I've got a confession. Yeah. I've never seen the Blues Brothers. It'd be really interesting there. I don't think you like it. I, I think you like elements of it, I, I, but I think you won't like it as a film. But oh I, I'm wondering whether I would like it because I know or are familiar with most of the songs in there. Yeah. And from what I recall, I like most of the songs. I'm a massive... Mo- I'm massive on Motown so and a lot of it is well, Motown, maybe it's it? one for the future then definitely in, in the near future it's um I, I I I haven't seen it for years but I think I'll still have like the same sort of affection for it isn't it just a road trip yeah well, and it's like like little like like little sketches I think they are like every scene is a little sketch I tell you what we should do we should do a double double uh double bill of road trip films and we should put because th- this is one I want us to watch. 
Midnight Run. The Robert De Niro, Charles Grodin one. Yeah, I've never seen it. No, I've never seen either. It's got one of my favourite lines ever in a film. Charles Grodin is chops into Robert De Niro, getting on his nerves. Robert De Niro just goes like that. Two words, shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Could break your fucking head. I love that. I tried, if you notice, I tried to do it in our WhatsApp group the other day. And oh, didn't. did you? Yeah, I passed me by then. Oh, yeah. Pi didn't pick up on it because I said one word, fuck no. And Pi said that two, <laughs> that's that's two words. I said, well done, Pi. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's got a great cast. Fair play. Yeah. It's got, yeah, a, yeah. it's got our boy from Beverly Hills Cop in it. John Aston. Yeah. Who um, plays? Oh, what's his name? Target is it? Target, yeah. Target, yeah. And Dennis is it for uh, Farina? Yes. He's the type of guy that you'd recognise straight away from. Loads. Oh, he Rick. was um. You, it, he just was... think of just think of silver-haired mob boss Ev. No, no, he was cousin Avi in Snatch, wasn't he? That's it. Yeah. yeah. Was he? Avi, shut, shut up, up and sit down, you <laughs> big bald fuck. <laughs> Oh, I don't. I, I, I'm going for ages. I love that film. I love it. I was just about to ask, was he in Dragnet? But I don't think he is, is he? I think I'm getting... He was in Guess Shorty as well. That's another good film. Uh, no, we, was, no, no, see, we were talking about Travolta's uh, comeback the other day. Oh, yeah, we were. With, um... I'm, I'm bringing, it, bringing it back to... Um, to coming to America, I'm surprised we haven't mentioned the nightclub scene when they when they when they both go to the club trying to trying to pick up women and stuff. Only because only because you would have fallen for every single one of them, <laughs> including Arsenio. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what do you think? Like, <laughs> I want to tear you apart and your friend too. Yeah, yeah. She's she's really nice, Ev. <laughs> yeah. Just getting the lighter out, <laughs> but but you but you can you can imagine like in like the, you know the the mid eighties nightclub in in is it Queens they go to yeah 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 but they t- they turn up in those big massive like jumper things and they, and it's like they would stick out like a sore thumb there wouldn't they? Do you know what I love when I watch American films sometimes is the different difference in cultures when it comes to talking to a woman when you're out because if that was specifically our group of friends it would have been an hour of us talking amongst ourselves saying what oh, do you think i should go and talk to her yeah yeah go on, go on. <laughs> you're never gonna know otherwise and you go oh, i don't know i don't know she'd probably just say no yeah but you know you don't know do you it'd be an hour of that before you go out to someone <laughs> Give her the unless, eyes, give her the eyes. Give her unless the eyes. she's on the dance floor already. Oh, she looked at me. She looked at me. You're in, you're in. Go in. Yeah. <laughs> Come on then, changes. What have people got? I've got a, I've got a, a thing I want to ask you boys about, right? This isn't a major issue. Doesn't spoil my enjoyment of the film at all, right? But I wanted to ask you about Akeem's character. I, I've got something on the character, so it'll be interesting to know if you go in this way. So, 
to begin with, he comes across as quite intelligent, knows his own mind. You know, he doesn't want to get married just for the sake of getting married. He wants to meet someone and fall in love, okay? He decides to go to America. There are instances where he's working at McDowell's and talking to other people where he seems to be one of the most stupid people on the face of the planet. Now, the amount of times I've watched it, I've never taken it that it was a deliberate choice by Akeem to be that way in front of certain people. Mm. So I think he's not very evenly written in the film. And I think sometimes his reactions and responses and dialogue to people are just to be funny. Can I go first, Ev? Go on, go on. <laughs> so I, I do have an issue with this. I think uh, on one hand, he's quite a, an intelligent, astute, astute person. On the other hand, he's sort of, um, he's like a typical... Or the way someone would perceive a stereotype foreigner in your country. Mm. Do you get what I mean? Like, he's a bumbling idiot one minute, you know, doesn't know how to mop the floor. I get that. He's a prince, right? Yeah, whatever. But it, you are right. The way that he talks at times is like he's a bumbling idiot who, who, whose English is his second language and struggling with it. Yeah. And then on the other hand, he's talking to people and he's... Yeah, the most intelligent person in the world. The reason I the, the, the reason I picked up on it was because there's a scene where he's first talking to Lisa, where he's trying to he's mopping the floor and he's trying to introduce himself, right? And it sounds like he doesn't know what he's saying in terms mm. of his like you said, and is he's only just learning English. Whereas we've seen him for 20 minutes talking perfect English with his family and friends. So and, I, and it's it's not just perfect English. It's like having a like meaningful conversation or an, an intelligent conversation. Yeah. Um, but whereas that scene with Lisa, where he's asking her like, he's he's asking her about rubbish, isn't he? But the way that he's talking to her, it's like yeah, he's reverted to stereotype of foreign student. Yeah. 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 So I just found the character a little uneven in places. Again. Didn't ruin my enjoyment of of Eddie Murphy or the yeah. film. I think it's a testimony to Eddie Murphy actually that I don't really care about it because yeah. I enjoy Eddie Murphy's performance. But in, if you're talking in terms of the actual dynamics of the film or the structure of the film, it just it, when you sit down and think about it, it, doesn't quite make sense some of the interactions he has. That's all it is. I I think for me it came down to they're trying to perceive him as culturally naive. But but he didn't. He came across as naive, and I think it's miswritten. Yeah, mm. I I agree, I agree. Or mishandled. I don't know which word is better, but I think a bit of both. Yeah. Um. Can can I just reel some of mine off? Um. They have an apartment at the very beginning. He says we've only got the only problem is it's it's only got one window and it's facing um a brick wall, and then yeah. the, the next scene they're. There's two windows in the apartment and they're hanging out to them when he does the, you know, yeah. fuck you um, scene. Yeah. Fuck you too. <laughs> but hey, it's a, that's a nitpick. Um, so I, I, I was going to say about the Akeem bit. The other bit I've got an issue with is how does he know where to find Lisa? And I know he just sort of like drives around, but, you know. No, he, um, the, 
the Barber Are you about the end? the end, yeah, yeah. Oh, the end. Oh, um. So you just get Lisa walks off from and the house. Yeah, you've been to New York, haven't you? Yeah, it's only it's only one street, isn't it? One long street. Yeah, but it's fucking massive. <laughs> Not exactly. I I obviously stayed in New York for several months, and I've been to I had I have been to Queens and Brooklyn and all the suburbs and stuff. Even though they're suburbs, they are huge. So the idea that Eddie Murphy or Akeem is going to jump in this chauffeur-driven car and just go around the corner and bump into Lisa is a stretch. You are right. It was just like it's like. You know, we live in Cardiff, relatively small city. Like New York is tens of Cardiff potentially, with all the boroughs. You think, right. You think about how big Cardiff is, right? It's not big at all. No, no. We're a capital city, right? My father was in Cardiff last Friday, writing. I was in Cardiff shopping and I'd been to the gym. I still didn't know he was in Cardiff. <laughs> He didn't, you know, he didn't tell me. I didn't bump into him. And I walked through Cardiff a lot, a, a lot of Cardiff. Yeah. And he was, like, close to the city centre. I still didn't see him. <laughs> so, you know, but, 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 right, we all know that in rom-coms or comedies or when you have the meat cute at the end, it doesn't matter. Oh, You've got to let it go. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I do think the movie is slightly too long. I think it could shave off 10 to 15 minutes. And they're, they're probably... The final third, there's elements of it for me. I could probably, you know, rewrite I didn't remember it being that long. Yeah. No, no. And it's nearly two hours. Yeah, I think an hour and 58 yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So I, 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 it didn't take a massive amount of enjoyment away from me, but... I, I do think it's slightly too long. But the biggest issue I have with this film, and I don't know if this is controversial or not, I really, really don't like the end scene, the the wedding. Okay. So it's not the end end scene, but it's the end of the film. The, the fact that she just appears and it's Lisa. I, I, I don't know. I know it's film world. I just have a big issue with it. So how would you have ended it? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a writer. That's this is the issue, I suppose. But the, what I would say is the typical way to end it would be she accepts on the subway to go with him, and you and then you have the wedding. Do you know what you could have done? Movie trope, right? Hundred percent. Akeem's at the um at the airport, and she's running to him. <laughs> you know, he's written her a letter or something, and she reads the letter and she's like, oh, "I've got, I've got to go to him." And they run through the gate and meet, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. I. I just know. I just have an issue that it's the end of the film. I. I know. I think I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to subvert the audience's expectations by having her say no on the train. Yeah. I and then when you get back to Africa, you get that sudden surprise that oh no, she actually changed her mind. I. I. I understand what they were trying to do. I, I think it's for me it's it's just the disbelief of it that this whole wedding has been arranged. Plus, you know, she would have taken her family out. And you telling me he wouldn't have seen any of it and blah, blah. It it is what it is. I don't mind it being there, but it's probably my biggest gripe with the film. I've got I've got a I'm gonna jump on the back of it with the ending, right? And it's the motives 
and this happens in a lot of films, right? It happens with a lot of rom-coms where you have the reason that someone says no is never a reason you would have in real life. She says no because she finds out he's a prince. Not because he's not a nice guy. Yeah. It's because he's a prince. Who is ever going to go, my God, you're a really nice guy, but you're a, you got, you're a prince. I'm not marrying you. Everyone be like, oh, you're a really nice guy and you're a prince. Fucking sign me up. It's more likely that like, oh, you're a prince of a foreign country and I'm probably going to be expected to move to that country and I don't want to because my family are here, blah, 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 right? I, I can understand that. But that whole, like, you lied to me scenario... Yeah, but I lied to you because I didn't want you to see me as a prince. Yeah. yeah. Does um at the end at the end does it? Her sister's not there, is she? No, she's probably with Daryl, aren't she? Yeah. The dad is definitely there. Yeah. Oh dad. yeah, because yeah. <laughs> bit, bit harsh on on Patrice. No, no. Yeah, Patrice. That's the name. Yeah, but she wasn't a very nice. Uh... Nah, she was a bit annoying. To be fair. She, was actually, she she and Daryl deserved each other. Right then, a couple of facts to end on. Um, there there was a TV version of Coming to America, and a pilot was filmed with Tommy Davidson, but um, I think it bombed massively, so they they didn't take it any further. Um, budget of thirty six million, and it returned two hundred eighty eight to three hundred fifty. Is the is the range of that's a massive range, but, but potentially a yeah, ten times its budget, but yeah. three hundred um, three hundred fifty. Wow. Well, you uh, Eddie Murphy was riding high, wasn't he? Yeah, he was right to the his peak there. And then final fact for me, and it's not so much a fact but an observation. Eddie Murphy has really weird um chest and nipples. No, I've got. And Prog will here we go. We listed the five peds for <laughs> Prog will back me up on this one. I, I can't say much because I got little five pens nipples. Um and they're quite small. But Eddie Murphy ones, Google it. They're quite weird. They're really weird, in fact. They're like really high up. You're not the thing is, right? You can get away with this. You're not we you can't be accused of being a nippleist because <laughs> you have a nip a nippleist. Yeah, yeah. Is that a yeah. word? <laughs> <laughs> just we just made it a word. Yeah, that, that's why Prog reckons I got little five p nipples, <laughs> rather than big fifty pences. Mm. Oh. I'm going to measure mine later on. Areola is like a block out the sun. <laughs> I'm going to get I'm going to get different coins, just line them up at twenty p, a five p, a ten p, two p. Yeah, this is the only way to do it. It's the, it's the only like comparison you you have. Right then, come on. Ev, would you recommend this? Yeah. And right, it's pointless asking you that question. <laughs> Prog. Where does, it, where does this rank on your comedy spectrum, Ev? Mm, I know it's quite it's quite high. I think it's um Yeah, it, no, it, it it is one of one of the better one of the better comedies. Yeah, because this is certainly... I'm, I'm gonna say no, you are starting to redeem yourself with the comedy stakes. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Wait till we do like Mr. Mom or so, or something like that, and you'll just be like, "For fuck's sake!" But don't worry, I am going to get us to watch Stop on my mom will shoot one day. Oh yes, yes. 
I've never seen it, so I, I'd be up for it. You, you, you've never seen that. I thought, no. I thought that would be right up your alley. It's no. dreadful and brilliant at the same time. The, yeah. There was an area of uh, or a period of time where I, um, yeah, refused to watch Stallone films from, normally from about nineteen ninety to about ninety two, ninety three. <laughs> yeah, because he had the, he had those three films in here on the back of each other that were supposedly. Oscar. Yeah, supposedly horrendous. Stop or my mom will shoot. Hmm. I can't remember what the other one was in that one, in that trilogy, but they're, they're not great. So, oh, Rocky so... Five. I I don't mind um Rocky Five. Yeah. I don't mind Rocky Five either. It's got Rocky in it. I'm, uh, we're all just like IMDb in them now. I know, no, I, I am as well. <laughs> what did he do around nineteen ninety? You reckon Sly is the apex actor for our podcast? Sly or Arnie? No, Kurt, he Kurt gets, Russell. He gets name dropped a lot, doesn't he? Oh, Kurt, yeah. Kurt. Or Mel, or Mel Gibson. Oh, Mel's the one, isn't it? Because every time we think of a role and who could have played it, Mel Gibson's name comes up. <laughs> uh, I think you are right with Rocky Five, Prog. Yeah. Odd, yeah. Cliffhanger was 93. Yeah. yeah, that's when he started getting good again for a few films. Well, until he did um, Dread, Judge Dread. Oh, but look, look, he did Cliffhanger, Demolition Man, The Specialist. We'll forget about Judge Dread. Assassins. We'll forget about Daylight. Copland. Daylight's all right. Oh, no, I'm thinking of Driven. Driven shit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Should be called Drivel. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then he started doing like Get Carter. Driven. That, apparently, that is supposed to be bad. Uh, detox. I think I've seen Get Carter, and I I quite like the original. So um yeah, um so yeah, going back, Prog, would you recommend? I would, and I'm gonna put plant my flag in the ground here, and I'm gonna say this is Eddie Murphy's best comedy film. Well, does Eddie Murphy have a Better film overall? Maybe. And it might be Dolomite is my name. Oh, right. I was wondering if you were going to go like um, Beverly Hills Cop or something. Eh? No, I, I would class Beverly Hills Cop as a comedy. All oh, right, okay. Actually, do you know what? I'm going to say this is Eddie Murphy's best film. I've said it. Oof. Get uh, it. He's firmly off that fence now. <laughs> I'll, I'll knock down the fence. There's no need for a fence in this um, podcast. And um, I'll join you on that um, recommend. Um, and to be, to be honest, I might even join you on that. This is his best film. But I do love Beverly Hills Cop. Mm. I love Beverly Hills Cop. I, I I'd say Beverly Hills Cop is the true contender to this film. Right. Thanks for listening. Podcasts come out every Wednesday. Check out our social media. Check out our YouTube channel. And if you want us to do a film in the future, please just let us know. Cheers, all.